So you're single and you're tired of the mingle. I don't blame you. At some point, most do want to settle down with a true companion and friend. And I really do think it's possible. And so I'm here to talk a bit about courting and dating so that you'll not just know the difference, but you can, uh, you can navigate relationships with either an understanding of why you release it or how you grow, how you grow not just in the relationship, but how you grow and what it might mean to walk in love before a covenant is ever made. So let's get to it. We're shaping relationship goals today on the Woman Pray Podcast. To the grown woman, pray. To the woman looking for answers, pray. To the woman who's busy and just needs a change, Pray, pray woman, stop comparing yourself, pray, stop grumbling, pray, stop giving excuses, stop counting yourself out, pray, stop discounting God, it's time to pray. Welcome to the Woman Pray Podcast. Welcome back to the Woman Pray Podcast. Before we begin, I invite you to join me this Friday, June 16th of 2023, online or in person for a day of prayer. Many times we don't think about praying until there's a need or there's a problem, but I want to encourage you to interact with your father out of true relationship. And so I invite you to join the Woman Pray community as we come together to seek his face. We'll begin at 8 a.m. and finish sometime like late afternoon, but you can register for Zoom details at womanpray.com, or you can just come on into Jackson, New Jersey. Either way, we're ascending the hill of the Lord together. All righty. And so now for our episode. Last week, we talked about submission on the podcast, and I was asked in response if a woman should submit to a man that they're not married to. Whoosh. It was a mind-blowing question in that moment, because life in Christ is a life of submission to him. And so giving of self to others isn't supposed to be compartmental, neither is it supposed to sound demeaning, because we're told throughout the scriptures to refuse or give up self, to lay self down, to esteem others higher, to live as bondservants and bear with one another, which means submission to him will always have us crucify self and live as imitators of Christ. And that should be the case whether we're widowed, divorced, married, courting, or dating. But the reality is when people want to be married, rarely is anyone thinking about how they can give of themselves. Not many are thinking about crucifying themselves. Most are thinking about how a union with another will yield personal benefit. For women, how a man will bring security, how he'll bring comfort, how he'll be the knight in shining armor to the rescue, demonstrating love based upon her love language, whether it's touch or gifts or acts of service or quality time or words of affirmation. She's looking for someone who will care about her and someone she can care about. And she can't be blamed because he too was looking for self-satisfaction. He wants someone to value him, respect him, ingratiate herself to him, do life together and have a family, make a legacy. 
And so each will put their best foot forward to secure what will bring personal benefit, which means giving of self is a conscientious decision. It's not an obvious one, neither is it an unintentional response in a world so self-absorbed. And while there are some who will have good success in finding a partner and settling down, others will struggle to find their person for various reasons. But I would say, and you can hold your seat, I'd say that the struggle happens primarily because they haven't decided or they haven't learned how to love the way God intended. You see, I'm fairly convinced that when a person wants to be married, the ability to love by giving of self will automatically position them with opportunities to love on a higher level, the level of marriage. But if singles remain selfish and self-absorbed, it has to be my way. Or if they're unwilling and unyielding to give of themselves, I'm not changing. In this way, or in ways that speak to an unwillingness to sacrifice and walk in humility, because the mindset is, what's in it for me? I don't care if it's the male or the female. If they marry, they'll make the relationship taxing instead of life-giving. And it'll be a miracle if they remain, because this God-ordained covenant is really about dying to self. And so I think the question of whether a single woman should submit to a potential suitor can be answered by how she's identifying the relationship she's in. Meaning, if they're dating, there is no reason to submit beyond the basic understanding of love, where we give of ourselves by demonstrating kindness and patience and self-control, where we don't behave rudely or seek our own or parade ourselves or interact in a puffed-up manner. That's all in Corinthians and it's basic manners. It's being civil to someone that we're getting to know. It's giving kind regard to another, especially when entertaining a potential life partner. And that should be easy and normal for both parties because dating only lasts as long as we see the person as a viable option. But if during this dating experience, either of you is unable or unwilling to give of yourself in this basic way, or either of you is unable or unwilling to be civil, then you may not be ready for marriage. And while there may have been a physical attraction to continue dating means that one or both of you is willing to reduce yourself out of a fear of loss. You're not afraid of losing the person, but you're afraid of what the person represents. You're afraid of losing that. Or you're continuing to date because of low esteem. You or they are unaware of your value. Or because you or he has become an idol to the other, which will never work, you're afraid to let it go. Or one or both of you will quickly realize that it's not a match and you'll let the dating relationship end, returning to friendship or going your separate ways entirely. That's dating. Finding out as soon as possible if the potential is desirable or improbable. And when time is spent with a person and it's clear that they're not the one, there's no need to spend more time with them. To do so would be selfish because it means you're only continuing what you know won't work for selfish reasons. And maybe it's because of sexual benefit or financial benefit. Whatever the reason is, it's not good because no one wants to be used or mishandled. So don't waste your time or theirs. And to be clear, 
To date in a selfless manner is to uphold Christian values and make no commitment until you're sure, which means there's no reason to submit as if in a marriage to someone that you're only dating. Dating allows you to be agreeable, but it's also the place to voice thoughts and experiences that have shaped you. It's the initial interaction that moves from a first impression to a decision of whether you have a viable candidate or not. And if you don't, again, you move on. If you do, then dating allows you to hear the needs of your suitor. It allows you to determine if you can sacrifice self. It allows you to kick the tires and decide if you're willing to love all of that person, respect that person, adjust and concede for the sake of that person. And because no person is perfect, you're deciding if you want to bear all of who this person is, the good, the bad, and their ugly. And if the answer is still yes, then your dating becomes a courtship because you're choosing to continue observing, hearing, appreciating, questioning, and identifying strengths and weaknesses, likes and dislikes, history and worldview or biblical worldview. And the longer you court, the more likely you've decided to love them and they you, which means you have begun giving of yourself on another level, which would be submission. And I don't mean submission like playing house so that you're partially moved in though you have your own space or that you're now managing laundry for the both of you because that's what he likes. No, I'm talking about the mutual submission that Ephesians 5.21 presents before honing into the roles of wives and husbands. I'm talking about the submission that causes both parties to yield to the other in order to gain loyalty. I'm talking about the concessions both will make to demonstrate interest and care. It's when both of your opinions matter and you take into consideration his likes and dislikes and he yours. You allow him to provide leadership based upon shared conversations and he wants to hear as well as honor your perspective. I'm talking about a courtship where you both move toward more accountability to the other, but ultimately you're each continuing to live individual lives while enjoying the exclusive fellowship of one another. And as you court, that is, as you move toward a life commitment, basic respect will begin to make way for conversation or communication of roles based upon scriptures or based upon your careers or your preferences as a couple. But regardless of any defined roles you choose to adopt together, you're both choosing to love the other enough to respect and give what edifies and encourages the other. And how you edify and encourage the other will be seen in the way you believe in or trust and show emotional support, in the way you celebrate the other and demonstrate devotion, faithfulness, and fidelity, as well as in the way you acquiesce. That is, in the way you disagree, but you also adjust. You quibble, you quibble but you recover, all for the sake of the other. And you both do this until you're given a ring and until you exchange vows and until death do you part. 
Now, if you enter the courting stage and find that you're not edified or encouraged or honored or appreciated, yet you're giving of yourself and giving of yourself and giving of yourself, and the potential partner has not, nor are they willing to give in ways that you've communicated need, or if you realize that you're not able to give of yourself in the way that your potential spouse has communicated his need, then it's better to release and move on. And the sooner that decision is made, the better. Even if you're engaged, it's still not too late. That's what courting is. You're not betrothed to marry someone that has to grow on you. And we're not courting for sexual favors or so that egos are stroked, nor are we courting to focus on wedding plans alone. No, we're courting to discern and assess if the sacrifice needed to love this person is possible for both of you. So when dating, you determine if the candidate has potential. If yes, when courtship begins, dating continues with an understanding that marriage is the end goal. But time limits should be established. And those time limits are based upon the timeline you've personally established or that you've willingly negotiated. Communication should be intentional because you won't know unless you talk through desires and expectations. Feelings must be transparent because how you feel matters and what you have in your courtship is the best that you'll get out of that person unless true, a true miracle happens. And hearts must be vulnerable because the facade of a person means little when you're in a day-to-day -day living arrangement. You need to know and really be okay with what makes them tick, who or what influences their decisions, and why they're attracted to you. Even more, you need to know and be able to communicate what is a non-negotiable, like your faith, and what you're not willing to compromise in, like having children. Those are just examples, but hearing wisdom from godly mothers in a, is a good idea when thinking about other things that you may not have considered. My point is, our willingness to give of self may have limits depending upon how developed a person is spiritually. And if the Bible is the standard that both parties are using to define what it means to love and what it means to give of self, then both can move toward the kind of self-sacrificing relationship that will cause any marriage to thrive. Because two imperfect people who are surrendered to Christ won't play cat and mouse with one another. They won't lead the other on. They won't in unintentionally or intentionally hurt the other or have a look out for self attitude. Two imperfect people who are surrendered to Christ may disagree at times, but both will forgive and let offense go. Two imperfect people who are surrendered to Christ may establish roles for their future home, but both will need grace to learn. She'll, she'll need grace to learn how to humble herself and submit to her husband and the man she married, and he'll have to learn how to humble himself and love his wife like Christ loved the church. In a courtship, two imperfect people will keep pursuing the other, wanting the other happy and agreed that marriage is the next step for their lives. So each day is a steady progression towards it without pretension. Courtship. 
We're no longer going out to go out, nor are we just trying restaurants or using each other for sexual pleasure or misleading one another. No, we're courting and transforming from a single life to a oneness with one another. We're courting and evolving from selfish mindsets to selfless ones. We're courting and adjusting behaviors from exclusive rights to partnerships and agreements. And we're doing all of this out of an affinity for a person, a vow that makes two one, and in the form of a covenant before God, family, and friends that makes the commitment to die for the other permanent. This is the progression when we choose to love, the appeal that begins with a date, commits to one another during the courtship, and experiences strength and weaknesses, disappointments and triumphs, accomplishments and failures, the mundane and the exciting, interests and disinterests, outbursts and contrition. It's all present, but love endures. So should a young lady submit while dating? Maybe not. But once she and her beloved have determined it's a courtship, yes. Both begin a dance of love resolved to give of themselves in the many ways that benefit the other. And if they can, they show the world the true meaning of love, the mystery of Christ and the church. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the gift that you've given in your example, where you loved your people with an everlasting love and gave your son Jesus, who is the Christ, and we are now the church, the body, his bride. As much as you have given us an example of love and surrender or submission, we cry out to you, Father, that in these relationships that we are pursuing, these people that we are entertaining, that you will speak so that we're able to discern if these are people that we want to give ourselves to, surrender to, submit to, as well as reveal to us if these are people that you have given to us to give our lives to. We pray, Father, that you will speak so that we have ears to hear what your spirit is saying, that we're not so lost in our flesh and in the emotions, in the giddiness of having a friend that we're unable to hear, and we're not so hardened to our imperfections that we're unable to see when the person is not our fit, is not our match. And so I cry out to you that as you speak, that we would have ears to hear, and that if this is the person that we would guard the relationship so that we're willing to give of ourselves and that this person is willing to give to us. I thank you, Father, for giving us the example and for the grace that enables each one of us to love with an everlasting love, love in a way where we give of ourselves, love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Thank you, Father, for who you are, and thank you for the gift of friendship friendship with Christ and for hearing our cry in our desire to be married. I commit every person unto you who wants marriage that you would hear from heaven, that you would open the door, and that this person would show himself to each of our ladies. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And I thank you for the good news. I thank you for the good report. I thank you for the testimonies that will be shared because you are so kind. 
It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And the believers said, amen and amen. Thank you for joining me on the Woman Pray Podcast. I hope to see you next week. And if I don't see you this Friday, I pray that you will continue to seek the face of God because your father says when you seek him, you will find him if you search for him with all of your heart.